Hi everyone, it's Adam from Monkey Tennis here. Just saying a huge thank you to all of you that have supported my charity appeal uh, so far. For those that haven't heard about it, this September I'm going to be swimming uh, 15 kilometres uh, between five islands in Cornwall. Uh, I'll be swimming the Isles of Scilly. That's Scilly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. Um, I'm doing it because I want to, but also to raise money for Calm, the campaign against living miserably. It's a well-known statistic that 125 people in the UK die by suicide every week, and Calm run a free and confidential helpline for people to speak through their problems and ultimately to help prevent suicides. Um, I'm looking to raise enough money to train two new phone workers um, to man those lines um, and I'll be doing it by swimming the Isles of Scilly in Cornwall. Um, if you're looking to support me, it would be greatly appreciated. Um, you can donate at justgiving.com. Um, just go there and search for Adam Swim Silly. That's Adam Swim Silly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. All donations greatly appreciated. Thank you for helping me to support Calm. And now, on with monkey tennis. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Mid-Evening Matters Tour from Monkey Tennis, the Alan Partridge fan podcast. It's a real pleasure to be in Insert City Name tonight. We heard that Insert City Name had the best, most dedicated Alan Partridge enthusiasts in the nation, and that even nearby rival City Name couldn't come close, and so we had to come. When we first decided to record our new series live on tour, there were a lot of naysayers. People saying things like, why would anyone pay to watch you when they could listen to it free as a podcast a few weeks later? that you expect decent members of the public to pay for tickets, arrange babysitters, buy additional drinks, is nothing short of arrogance. Nobody in their right mind would ever support this venture. Just think of all the better uses that money could have been put towards. If I could speak directly to those people now, I'd say, you've made a grave, grave error in coming to this show. But... At Monkey Tennis, we don't give naysayers a second thought. Did we listen when an iTunes reviewer called us pointless and rubbish? No. Did we even pause for thought when another reviewer described us as dire? No. Did it even register when further reviews called us super weak and irritating? No and no. We know that audiences that buy tickets and support independent podcasts like ours deserve bonus content. For example, how about the fact that we once performed a show to... poo in the nude. We'll bleep that out when the podcast goes up for free, not because it's embarrassing to us and damaging to our brand, but because that bit's just for you, the paying theatre goer. 
So we've risen above the haters to be here tonight, and we realised, as we saw our listens head towards the million mark, and noticed the Telegraph calling us one of the best TV and film podcasts, that we've done it all without ever having to brag, or talk rival podcasts down, like the frankly awful Chris Moyles podcast tried to do to us. We're so pleased you can be here tonight to join us as we discuss, dissect and celebrate episodes from Mid-Morning Matters Series 2. Please now put your hands together for the hosts of Monkey Tennis. Monkey Tennis? Yappa dappa doo. Sorry, the Jimmy Savile. Monkey Tennis? This is Midmore Matt. Let's do slap hands. Idiotic broth. Monkey Tennis? Please, please, though! Monkey Tennis? You need to press transfer. I like it, it's a clean kill. Monkey Tennis? We'll do that, definitely, yeah. Okay, does Mummy know you do this? The time is ten and a half o'clock. What a Dilbert. Monkey Tennis? And I know it won't smash, Lynn. Just wrap it in bubble wrap. <laughs> Hello, London, and welcome to Monkey Tennis, the Alan Partridge fan podcast, where we dissect, discuss, and celebrate the collected works of Norfolk's finest broadcaster, one episode at a time. Uh, my name is Adam Brooks, and I'm joined by Tom Dark. Often, going to a foreign country is like going to the past. Nick Older. Let them talk, some, talk themselves into a standstill tell them they're amazing, and then slowly replace the receiver. And Tom Stab. You can find inner serenity and still hate people. Uh, so tonight we will be tackling two episodes of Mid-Morning Matters Series 2, Episodes 5 and 6, and then we'll be joined later in the show by a very special guest. But I thought I'd kick off tonight by taking a couple of London celebrated heroes and landmarks and pitting them against Alan to see which is most popular. So, on Google Trends over the last 12 months nationwide, uh, we'll get some noise from the audience for this one, I think. Yep. Uh, which of these is more popular, Big Ben or Alan Partridge. Uh, votes for Big Ben, make some noise. Not very, not very, not very, not feeling it, I know. Uh, and for Alan. Oh, overwhelming. I mean, enthusiasm for Alan, but I'm afraid Big Ben was the winner there. Uh, <laughs> Disappointing. Yeah. Disappointing. Next, next up, uh, Alan Partridge versus Jack the Ripper. Uh, noise, noise for Alan this time. And for Jack. Uh, it sounds oh. like it's a close match, but it, I think it, Jack edged it slightly. Well, in reality, Alan wins, and he's only done one murder. So. <laughs> uh, finally, uh, your beloved waxwork museum, Madame Tussauds. Uh, Madame Tussauds, a more popular than Alan. Uh, noise for Madame, <laughs> and noise for Alan. <laughs> I can tell you it was a closely fought battle, but Wax is the winner. Um, <laughs> so uh, let's dive straight into uh, episode five. Uh, we've got some information to kick us off. Yes, uh, so this episode is Massage and Royal Visit. It broadcast originally on the 15th of March 2016. Viewing figures of 52,000. Ooh, that's mm. low. They are, it's, they it's are getting it? lower by the week. Uh, the previous episode was 59,000, but again, people are out rambling and enjoying beer gardens. <laughs> yes, that's, 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 that's the reason, yeah. Yeah. we know that. Um, so, yeah, before we do a deep dive into the episode, we actually found uh, basically the press release that was sent out to media before the show started on uh, Sky Arts, and Tom Stab is going to read us through that now it is written as if it is from alan himself the screening of mid-morning matters on sky atlantic sees the coming together of two powerful ideas sky believe in better and alan partridge be the best two compelling brands with two equally valid mission statements although if we're being honest believing in better isn't as impressive as being the best (laughs) being feels more emphatic than just believing while the best is by definition one up from better I'm not going to get into a debate about it, though. That's part of what being the best is. <laughs> Thank you for your time, and I urge you to enjoy the series. 
Wonderful. A lovely note from Alan there. Mm -hmm. um, so the, the episode opens, obviously, it's, uh, it's under the guise of a webcam show. Uh, and so <coughs> it opens with clicking on the North Norfolk Digital website, which is on the screen behind us here. Uh, Alan in the middle there, joined by a couple of uh, reprobates. Wally Banton, we've covered in a previous show, but I believe, Tom, you want to shine a light on Beverly Bacton well, this evening. I, I thought it was time to give Beverly her moment. Uh, perhaps <laughs> we can have some speculation about Beverly Bacton, basically. So as you can see here, she does the 2 to 4 p.m. show. I'm imagining maybe she sounds a bit like Liz Kershaw, from Yorkshire, a bit mumsy, loves a cup of tea. Yeah. Also, likes trying to act a bit wacky. You can see she's mixing spots and stripes there, so she's a bit of a wild card. Um, but then I did also think, is she maybe not very good? Because she does only do 10 hours a week, based on the information we've got here. Um, although, if you turn to... People can uh, be good that only work 10 hours a week. Well, I'll get to that. Uh, in the recent Alan book, Nomad, Alan actually says, at NND, we have the peerless Beverly Bacton. So, I mean, I was wrong, basically. That's what we're learning. Uh, she's the anchor of this 7 to 9 a.m. slot, so the time's has changed mm. by the time we got to Nomad. Beverly enjoys a higher profile, a larger pay packet, and tougher to justify a better parking space. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, she's due an upgrade in the near future, we know. Yep. Um, also, you'll see down the side here, you've got uh, Norfolk adverts. You've got fenfriends.co.uk, which we presumed was uh, a sort of uh, a local dating site. Uh, I investigated this, obviously. Uh, fenfriends.co.uk uh, does come up. It's not a, a real dating site. <laughs> wow, look at that. But, uh, but there is a Fen Friends. It's a tale of woodland creatures that live in the <laughs> Great Fen. Uh, I thought it was worth mentioning just because they correspond very closely to uh, the members of the Monkey Tennis team. You have uh, you have Luna the Dragonfly, very much the Tom Dark of the group. Uh, Newton the Great Crested Newt. That's that's Nick. I mean, just look at the faces. Um, <laughs> a perfect, protected species yeah. as well. Protected species. <laughs> Squadron leader Swoop the Great Harrier, which is obviously me, leaving Verity the Water Vole. Tom Stout. Quite cute, I think. Uh, so let's dig into the uh, into the episode. Alan starts straight off with a dig at tax dodgers, one of uh, Steve Coogan's favourite topics. So avoiders, Adam. Avoiders. avoiders. <laughs> sure. Um, saying, look after the pennies and the pounds will look after themselves. That was Gary Barlow. <laughs> a lovely touch. We did look into um, whether uh, Gary Barlow had his OBE stripped um, as a result of some of his completely legal tax affairs. <laughs> and uh, the Prime Minister at the time, David Cameron, said it wasn't necessary to remove uh, Barlow's honour because he had raised a lot of money for charity. That was the reason there. So, uh, OK, well, qu quick question to group whilst we're on this. Favourite take that song? If you had to pick one? Never forget <laughs> where you're coming. No? OK, fine. No one else? Just, you. just, just me. You. That's just, yeah. Anything from you? Fairly indifferent across the board, if I'm okay. honest. Adam, I mean, it's a safe bet. It's back for good, always. Okay, Banger. there we go. We, we can move on. Yeah. Um, shall we jump into some outfit watch? Yes, please. Yep. Uh, I mean, there's not much to say about Alan, but we do need to spend some time uh, discussing Simon's shirt here. So, as you can see, he's wearing a shirt which is made of a map. Um, now, in the actual episode, they discussed this, and Simon's like, oh, I just think it's made up places. It actually is a map of the Norfolk coast. Um, and I actually found a blog with uh, another man called Alan Parkinson that had the same shirt, which we'll get up behind me in a second. There we go. Wow. You see the Norfolk coast. So Norfolk what coast you're saying is they've sold two. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, and also on the same blog, it was basically a post about um, all the fun things you can do with maps. You know, you can go on. Use them as, uh, well, it listed clothes, obviously, yeah, uh, wallpaper, lampshades, and just general art. Um, so the other picture you can see behind me, uh, this is a team working at the Ordnance Survey. And as you can see, they've got a 
map jacket and matching map ties. I think Alan would probably quite yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Imagine the Christmas party. Oof. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, it's wild. Um, uh, I wondered as well, uh, just with Midmorning Matters as a whole, uh, because it's set in, in, in such a restricted set, there's just a couple of rooms. Uh, obviously, the Gary Bailey reference is a little dated now, but when that came out, it was very, perhaps there's quite a quicker turnaround on this series. They could put in more uh, relevant yeah, references maybe, yeah. uh, because they don't have kind of big, big filming structures and outdoor mm, shoots yeah. and mm. stuff to do. Um, today's show uh, on uh, North Norfolk Digital was all about stress busting. Uh, I thought to myself, I wonder if this is going to be as effective as Alan's relaxation tapes in I'm Alan Partridge. <laughs> yes, it's very reminiscent Let's of that. Let's go. Show. I cannot stress yeah. that enough. <laughs> I.e. ineffective. Remember yes. the breathing techniques from tape one. Yes. Please yeah. remember that. <laughs> yeah. And so the opening jingle is, uh, is just him basically saying, calm down, take it easy, chill, shush now. Come on. <laughs> Uh, uh, did, did you think Alan's actually the, the way the show begins because he's trying to be more soothing and relaxing uh, Alan's actually being quite unusually friendly Simon because he's trying to be a bit more chilled out well we've referenced in uh, this series in previous episodes a, a mellower Alan a calmer Alan a yeah. more mature Alan maybe he can still turn though he has physically assaulted Simon this series that's true yeah, yeah. so <laughs> let's not forget that and yeah he's likely to turn again yeah. Within, yeah. within moments so more relaxed yes but unpredictable also yeah. yes but right. I do think this illustrated quite nicely that the interplay between Alan and Simon is just it really is the crux of the show by this yeah. series mm. it's, it, it's an absolute two-hander it wouldn't work if it was just Alan at this point a perfect example coming up where Simon gives a fun example of stress, for example, diffusing an IUD in mittens in a crash, uh, and then Alan says, "Yeah, yeah, you know." And I also hear stress uh, when I hear you on the phone to your girlfriend, going, "Yep, yeah, no, 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 no." Basically, just outing Simon as having relationship problems on air. Uh, he's, he's done similar things before, hasn't he, with uh, with his bowel conditions and so on? Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Always willing to uh, t to out Simon as yep. uh, for embarrassing ailments. And so we do put him down in general. Yeah. And we do know Simon is going through a bit of a relationship issue with his partner at the moment, so he's having a bit of a tough time. Mm. But Not Alan's, that Alan cares. Oh God, no. Well, actually, no. Alan is on hand to give advice, and uh, as we heard from Nick at the top of the uh, the episode, that advice is one: let them talk themselves to a standstill; two: tell them they're amazing; and three: slowly replace the receiver. <laughs> if you tried that, would it be good? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> also, it'd be on a mobile as well, wouldn't it? No one uses a true one of those yeah, anymore. True. Probably. Um, Alan seems to think at this point that he's invented the idea that men and women are—it's like they're from different planets. Uh, a lovely, <laughs> a lovely bit where Simon starts to use the phrase we all know and love. Says, "Yeah, they say, don't they? Men are from Mars, women are." And then Alan says, "From Moon," <laughs> which is lovely because it works on so many levels. One, obviously, it's not the phrase. Also, also the Moon's not a planet, so uh, there's a lovely jewel, jewel joke happening there. And, uh, and also, women are from moon is missing the word the moon. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's like Valentine Day that he's used kind of in the singular. Yeah. There's just a few kind of grammatical errors that are fairly mm. inexplicable, but just slightly wrong. And yeah. a nice example of a joke that's probably been workshopped quite a lot because the obvious punchline is like Uranus or something like that. So, uh, they really <laughs> that's where really your mind's down. gone. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, yeah, that's my happy place. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Alan does a very. <laughs> yep, not like that. Yep. Clip that. Yep. Clip yep. that. Yep. Yep. Alan does a very relaxed link to chill the audience and then has to immediately cut to traffic and travel, which is about as stressful a noise as you can get. <laughs> yeah. um, and then uh, we're on to the calls about how people uh, like to relax. Anyone got the first example? Um, I, don't, I think it's the first one. Is this from Roger? Um, who yep. says that Roger he, from Kings Lynn. Yeah, he'll drive um, 50 miles to an out-of-town Asda where he'll wander the aisles as um, a sexy woman where people gasp saying, my goodness, look at that sexy woman. <laughs> <laughs> that must... I mean... I can't think of anything more stressful. Well, then, yeah. <laughs> I have to say, this got me thinking. Uh, question to the group. Have you ever been to an Asda? <laughs> God, no. No, but I have dressed as a sexy woman. Oh, okay. <laughs> Time. Yeah. 
Uh, he's then saying the time is ten and a half o'clock. Still mangling times. Yeah, uh, love that. Does he read out a, a regular correct time once in this series? I think it happens once in the entire series. Okay, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he's uh, as we know from previous episodes, he's very into doing things that have never been done on air before or are the biggest ever. Uh, there's quite a few throughout this series of Mid Morning Matters. Uh, today, it's him receiving an on-air massage, which is hardly like that big, exciting, new, or different, or groundbreaking, like well, well, hardly groundbreaking radio. For the benefit of the people listening on the podcast, we now have a picture up on the screen of Alan about to receive his massage and his uh, buttock crevice is mm. slightly exposed. Very much on display. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I did do some research into this. It's definitely not the first on-air massage to have happened in broadcast history. <laughs> uh, just one recent example I could find. Chris Moyles had a buttock massage, massage live on air Oof. whilst he was broadcasting a 51 and a half hour show for Comet Relief in oh, 2011. That so man. That's just one example. Just the buttocks. Just the buttocks. Mm-hmm. According to the internet. Yeah, that. that's, could, yeah. Could that sounds like a compliance <laughs> issue. <but. laughs> Uh, so uh, yes Alan went to India he says and had three massages in a week uh, India of course not a million miles from Thailand and we know from I'm Alan Partridge that he's not been to Thailand because of his obsession with ladyboys he was asking Michael about them yes. uh, but he's clearly uh, not experienced one himself I think than... that's a bit of a re- revelation that he would go somewhere like India you would never yeah. Yeah. that's quite mm. out of character yeah really, really out of uh, character. although I did like how he describes India he says it's one of the best poor countries I've ever been to <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that, tri- if that was a tri- uh, fact finding trip east that he's planned since he's been in the travel tavern yeah and I would also say just for a bit of context I looked at global rankings of economies uh, the UK is number five India is number six so um, <laughs> just important to put that into context there. <laughs> Good to know. Uh, also Simon's about to um, tell him a story about when he visited India and Alan just cuts him off yeah, he's not yeah, interested. I'm not interested yeah. uh, I'll just and, talk over you and also shortly after that doesn't Alan really balls up introing Prince um, oh he's my like God. formerly known as the artist formerly known as Prince now formally and informally known as Prince sorry it's usually I mean Yaz <laughs> So I don't, know, I don't know how that's happened. Um, and just to clarify the differences between Yazoo and Yaz, so Yazoo was the Alison Moyet-fronted band, yep. so uh, Don't Go by Yazoo was used in episode one of I'm Alan Partridge. Oh. That's when you see the Cook Piss Partridge car yep. driving past. Uh, Yaz obviously had a number one hit with The Only Way Is Up in 1988. Bang they up. did also have another two top ten hits, but I've never heard of them. So <laughs> right. Fair enough. Um, uh, Simon and Alan are talking about whether Alan found enlightenment, uh, and he says that uh, he did, but it wasn't like people describe it to him it was more like the sound of Microsoft Windows opening up. I dug a little into that. Did you know the sound of Microsoft Windows 95 opening up was actually written by Brian Eno, uh, yeah. Yeah, who I worked with once but did not ask about. What um, a fact. According, get that on any other according to the website Electric Pig, uh, he said that he received a brief from Microsoft with about 50, 150 adjectives to describe the desired noise. The piece of music should be inspirational, sexy, driving, provocative, nostalgic, sentimental, <laughs> dot, 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 said Eno. Uh, additional fun fact, he wrote it on a Mac. Uh, quite, uh, 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 That's brilliant. A direct quote from Eno here. I've never used a PC in my life. I don't like them. <laughs> but I will take the money. Yeah. 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 Thanks, Bill. <laughs> uh, so after uh, after he's finished playing Prince, sorry, the artist formerly known as Prince, sorry Yazoo, sorry Yaz, um, he's on to uh, Douglas in North Creek who rings in who says he just sits around in his underpants to relax, uh, but we soon discover that Douglas in North Creek has an ulterior motive for calling, he seems like he wants to get some comedy sketches on the radio. Yes, but yes. they only accept skits, so yeah. it's not valid. <laughs> 
Uh, is it, and is this also this point that um, Alan refers to, because they're talking about Buddha being fat, basically, so Alan's talking about gyms. Come to my gym, uh, a lot of people are fit and thick. <laughs> I just think, is this just a link? He just hates people that go to gyms because of Carol leaving him for a gym instructor yes. still. Yeah, in theory, yeah. he's got trauma at gyms, hasn't yeah. he? Um, just to, d- to dive back to Douglas in North Creek, send, trying to send sketches in, uh, I once spent four months writing a sitcom pilot, actually, and I only sent it to one person, Sam Bain, who wrote Pe- co-wrote Peep Show, uh, who never replied, but he did tweet the next day to say, it'll take me more time to read your fucking screenplay than it took you to write it. Although he didn't at me, so I think we can all agree he's probably talking about someone else. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Perhaps Mm. we'll never know. Uh, Alan cuts off several of Simon's jokes on Buddha at this point as well. It feels a bit like Simon's trying to kind of force them in. It feels a bit threatened that Douglas called in with a funny joke that he didn't come up with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we're into Alan's digs at Eamon Holmes, aren't we? <laughs> One of many. Uh, yeah, well, it, I mean, I think jibes about Eamon Holmes are normally based around his weight yes. in the Alan universe, aren't yeah. they? Uh, mm-hmm. Not the first time when he's talked about things like that. And there's no exception here, right? Uh, no. Is um, this uh, Eamon's 40th birthday? Yes, mm-hmm. uh, when he was painted gold on the throne. <laughs> like so, so Alan like says. Yeah. Uh, did anyone look up to see if that had actually happened? No. no. Okay, no. so no. I, I, it didn't, but I did look into Eamon <laughs> Holmes' lavish birthday party, so there is a grain of truth to, to, to him kind of having big parties. Uh, his 50th was a football theme party at Old Trafford that Sir Alex Ferguson was at, complete with Eamon Holmes' names across the tables like the back of a football shirt and a giant picture of himself at the entrance. Wow. Uh, that then led me to Eamon Holmes' About Me page, uh, where apparently he is the longest serving breakfast television anchor in the world, which led me to think, isn't serving more of a word usually used for the military or the Prime Minister? <laughs> Just a thought. <laughs> Quite partridge in a way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then fresh off the back of uh, attacking Eamon, we're on to Edmunds, Noel Edmunds. <laughs> yes, I, I'm keen to do a bit of a deep dive into Edmunds. Oh, uh, yes. It's probably worth the time. Not literally. Uh, well, not literally. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, because he kind of opens this with, uh, he hates Edmunds and he, he says about Edmunds, he's so jealous of anyone who's had an enlightening experience. Um, so I just kind of thought, where did it all go wrong with Edmunds? Because I think in the early days of Alan, I think Alan aspired to be Edmunds, basically. So, in the kind of, if you go back to something like Knowing Me, Knowing Yule, where he's telling the guests to keep it light, like Noel's house party, as we know, mm. that was getting what, 16, 17, 16, million 17 yeah. Viewing figures? Uh, yeah, 18. Yeah. When you were on it, when I was on it. <laughs> God, let's not open Was that a viewing figure's peak? Uh, I think it was, actually. <laughs> okay, good. Um, and then, if you go into the iPartridge book, uh, he, when he first kind of confirms Carol's affair, he thinks it might be an Edmunds gotcha. Um, <laughs> and he also talks about attending the uh, boat show with Dale Winton, Paul O'Grady and Noel Edmunds. So, it looks to me like there was a time when they were friends. But when you get into the Nomad book, there is a whole chapter basically slanging off Edmunds, calling him a wazook, <laughs> listing many incidents uh, why they've fallen out from them, which basically go from small things like a misdun- one misunderstanding at a party to giving Carol wine to Edmunds laughing at his corporate video. Um, so I just feel like Alan aspired to be Edmunds, failed, and hence there was a mounting dislike that he could no longer contain by the time we get to Nomad. Yeah. I think perhaps in 2016, when he was uh, when this went out, uh, this joke was very much punching up, but I feel like perhaps now... Yeah, even I mean, I, I think it's Alan probably, you know, since Deal or No Deal was axed in 2016 after 11 years, I think maybe Alan isn't so jealous of his status anymore. Uh, of his, but, um, yeah, it's probably worth a quick segment from Nomad where, uh, just to use Alan's words, people always ask me, why do you hate Edmunds? It makes me laugh. I don't hate Edmunds. I don't give a shit about Edmunds. <laughs> I hate the things he does, sure. I hate the way he behaves. I hate his personality and his appearance, but hate Edmunds himself? No, sir. I wouldn't give him the satisfaction. <laughs> <laughs> Um, out of this, we're into uh, the next piece of music. Does anyone have uh, the information about how Alan introduces this? Uh, no. This is, uh, don't, don't. Which one is it? Here is Helena Rigby by Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> 
second. He knows it's the Beatles. Yeah, of course yeah. he no, does. There's no explanation as to anyway, why. Pop has been funny. Uh, while that music's playing, Alan then confuses Buddhists with Muslims and yep. worries about getting a fatwa put on him because he's just been making fun of yeah. uh, <laughs> Simon. Has to Buddha. calm him down. Yeah. Although Simon calms him down by saying they're Buddhists, they can't do anything. You can yeah. punch them in the face and they can't punch you back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which to which Alan says, yeah, it's like Mickey Mouse at Euro Disney. Although if he gets you in the car park afterwards, he, he will leather you. you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought that was interesting because, uh, firstly, do we think that's coming from experience? And, and also, I yes. wondered, I wondered why the reference is Euro Disney and not Disneyland or World, which would be most people's first port of call. I imagine that's because a specific incident has happened at Euro Disney with his family when he took them there, where <laughs> Mickey basically battered him. That, yeah, that's absolutely it. Um, uh, two other theories I had. One is that his imagination can only stretch as far as Paris, uh, and the other was that perhaps, as we know from the text episode of I'm Alan Partridge, he has an inherent dislike of American things. Uh, yeah. yeah, and European things, I think it's safe to say. That's true, actually. Most yeah. things, to Everything. be honest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so Alan's about to be massaged again claims it's a world first <laughs> but, I mean, which yeah. well, we know it's not well, yeah. and we also find out that from Psychic Simon that Dave Clifton did it last week <laughs> <laughs> although it is a it's a more tasteful shoulder rub that, um, from the new receptionist from the new receptionist um, that Dave has had versus that which is not appropriate surely in a radio studio <laughs> <No>. <laughs> is it time to talk about uh, the, the positioning of Alan in the, in the massage yeah well he's obviously on his back there um, if we can go maybe on one more slide yeah so this bit circled here if you've seen the actual show you'll know that there's a little bit of movement there and there's some debate amongst the monkey tennis uh, uh, hosts about whether that is actually Steve's slash Alan's uh, knob or knee so I don't know if, uh, the, uh, if we can do a little uh, by uh, noise whether you think it is knob or knee so give us a cheer if you think it's knee yeah. And give us oh, a cheer if you oh. think it's knob. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and give us a cheer if this is the kind of highbrow entertainment you're expecting for your ticket this evening. Yeah. There we go. Excellent. And that's the end of a segment I like to call <laughs> knob or knee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Simon says to Alan, you must have had a few free massages. You used to work at TV Centre and Alan goes very cold at this <laughs> doesn't he? Is it time for the U tree confession? Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he, should we just give a summary or did you have the quote? Uh, well, I've got, I've got the summary here. Um, he chased around three members of Pan's people around BBC television centre in his underpants with them hooked over the over his shoulder for comic effect but he stopped when he realised one of them was crying yeah. <laughs> and also he basically ruined the elasticity of the pants so they yeah. had to keep them on his shoulders like a wheelbarrow <laughs> <laughs> um, did, it, I, did anyone else have to look up pants people? Oh was no, I, I was I was aware. I was kind of, of aware of, of of who they were, but I did have to do who a little Google. Uh, yeah, so they were a British all-female dance troupe, most commonly associated with BBC television music chart show Top of the Pops from the late 60s to the mid 70s. Uh, in addition, they appeared on many other TV shows in the UK and elsewhere in Europe, and performed in uh, performed nightclub cabaret. Thanks, Wikipedia. So this was 60s and 70s. Yes. So when would Alan have been doing this? In the 80s, I assume. Uh, yeah, well, around well, the early it, sports it, reporting years, maybe? Yeah, yeah possibly. Yeah. It does say predominantly in the 60s and 70s, so they may have maybe been... Maybe they're on the way. Yeah. 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 Uh, speaking of sports, Alan got a sports injury, we discover, from doing forward rolls at speed. Uh, <laughs> Simon calls it a roly-poly. Alan claims it's an SAS technique. But who's right? Join me as we play the really roly-poly pole. <laughs> I'm so pole? proud of that. I'm so pole? proud. No, no, we're not, we're not going no, down that road. Uh, I took to Google Trends to see which was more searched in the UK since records began, forward roll or roly-poly. Uh, uh, please shout out your, your, your best guess. Forward roll or roly-poly? Roly-poly. 
They're not wrong. Roly poly takes it. Yeah. It's roly poly yeah. by a landslide. Forward roll doesn't even touch it. Nothing. Yeah, because he says he got injured at his friend's barbecue. He has a small garden because he hasn't done very well in his career. Classic Alan. Yeah, he basically waited. He went into the weighted base of a parasol. But again, picture the scene. You're at someone's barbecue. Who's doing roly polies? Alan. Alan is. Yeah. And then he uses the fact that the the base of the parasol he bumped into was a plastic one filled with water. That's his second clue that this his friend's career was gone off the rails a bit. Not a proper parasol. Yeah. He comes back and says, "You're listening to a mid-morning massage," and is immediately interrupted by the masseuse telling him to put his head down. I think that's a bit out of order, really. It's a radio show first and foremost. Yeah. He is trying to maintain an air of professionalism, but the masseuse by getting a massage. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and he, yeah, he'd kind of, he doesn't take long for him to fall asleep here, basically, no. does he? And he's also requested uh, that Simon's coffee mug be used to capture the dribble that he clearly yep. can't <laughs> keep from falling out of his mouth. Yeah. There's also a brilliant line here, which is Alan saying, I've always been very good at letting the stress fade away. <laughs> which, as we, <laughs> which know, we know, is not to be true. utter bollocks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah have well, you- he, he follows up as well with the let them hate me the people that hate me let them get cancer yeah. <laughs> really letting that stress ever away yeah bit dark is this um, just an excuse for Coogan to get a massage probably good point <laughs> but we know that his stress guys relief... I've got a great script idea yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like the trip nice one Steve <laughs> um, but yeah we know that his stress reliefs are basically crying in the shower yeah. screaming in Thetford Forest at no one <laughs> yeah. the, these aren't the behaviours of a normal man that's dealing with stress in a, in a way that just fades away driving like, to Dundee his bare feet. <laughs> exactly. He's got a complicated relationship with stress, I think that's fair to say. Um, no, he just lets it fade away. It yeah. just fades away. Uh, though on the word cancer, he does then promptly fall asleep, leaving Simon <laughs> a clear route to take over the show, if only for a few minutes. Um, so uh, Simon then talks up Alan's uh, campaign, or tomorrow's campaign, which is uh, from Alan, to replace the £1 supermarket trolley deposit. Can you remember Alan's three suggestions? I can. We've got abolish, chip and pin, or retina scan. Yep. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Which one which, uh, on the table? Which one do we favour out of those? I'm three? with it, I'm with him on this, but um, what retina scan? <laughs> <laughs> yes, retina scan. Yeah. Nah, abolish. Um, <laughs> Get rid of it. Looking at the never mass- have a quid. Who has a quid anyway? Uh, looking at the massage table, Steve King's basically down to pants here. And I did think, did we think? Do you think Alan would be in this good a condition? Does this take us out of the fiction a bit? That obviously Ooh. you can't, you can't. He's, he hasn't prosthetic his body. He probably doesn't have a realistic enough fat back, does he? That's, <laughs> that's very true. A, yeah. b- a build up of fatty deposits just above the above belt, belt line. line. Yeah. yeah, that's what you need to see. <laughs> uh, I did know. Also, Alan has his, keeps his socks on for the massage, which uh, I think is very in character. <laughs> Uh, when he wakes up, we find out he's been having a dream, and uh, like in the uh, cooking episode that we featured recently, it was about Julia Bradbury. Yes, walking mm. the Appalachian Trail with Julia Bradbury. It's appropriate that it was walking, obviously, because that's all she seems to do. Yeah, all of her programmes yeah. about walking. Um, in the next scene, he's been contacted by a spokesperson for Noel Edmonds. Uh, he reads a statement <laughs> saying, making it clear the views on Noel's were his, um, and uh, not the radio stations, uh, and, and the radio station Yeah, he's happy with that. Yeah. Yeah. The radio station didn't mean to cause him any offence, but he says, actually, I don't mind calling, causing him a small amount of offence. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I, whilst I don't wish him harm, I don't also don't really want him to find any peace, if I'm honest. <laughs> uh, I, I noticed from the uh, time check that was less than two hours after the original comments went out, so uh, Noel Evans has pounced on that like a coiled spring. <laughs> Noel's people. Doesn't surprise me. No. Yeah. Google alert. Yeah, like a vagrant knocking on the door, they will be attacked straight away. <laughs> uh, Alan's next song is a track from a chill-out CD he found, so I mean, his, his commitment to this new chilled-out, mellower version of his show is not great, is it? He found a CD at a car boot sale, and so now we're all listening to Glockenspiel Dreams. Yeah, <laughs> it's one step away from the panpipes, which mm. we know is a no-go. Yep. 
Um, also, the first thing we played was The Only Way Is Up. It's not actually very chilled. It's a mixed bag, isn't it? Yeah, that doesn't really fit the theme, does yeah, it? Yeah, I, I thought, thought so there, must, there must be something in the North Norfolk digital repertoire that's more suitable. Where's the Eagle Eye Cherry? Where's the Lighthouse family? Where's the Crowded House? These are all valid questions, Adam. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, uh, so, <laughs> so Simon quizzes Alan on his feud with Edmonds, uh, and, and, and he says, uh, I, "Yeah, I, I think you can find an inner tranquility and still hate someone." So, uh, question to the group: Can you find an inner tranquility and still hate someone? Absolutely. Uh, yes. <laughs> I'm not so sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, agree with, I agree with Alan. I've got inner serenity. I hate a lot of people. Mm -hmm. uh, exactly. I asked a therapist via psychcentral.com. Uh, uh, they make you fill in a form and then supposedly they get back to you with an answer later. So I put age 50, city Norwich. Question Can you find an inner tranquility but still hate someone? They have so far neglected to reply. Uh, that you've is emailed, very disappointing. Yeah, you've emailed a lot of people over this tour that have not got back to you. <laughs> or just to bounce back. I've, yeah, bounce back. I've done my part of the research. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, we're on to part two of the episode. So do we yes. not? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yep. Royal visit. Royal visit. Uh, it's a nice switch around as it looks like they're celebrating the royal wedding, but no, it's just the couple reopening the visitor centre at Norwich Castle. <laughs> yes. Uh, I think it's worth jumping straight to uh, outfit watch for this section of the episode. So Alan has Prince Charles on his sweater. Uh, Psychic Simon has Prince Harry. And I thought, I feel like this is a very deliberate placement. I think they picked the royals that the characters most closely resemble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, very good, actually. No, that. I didn't notice that at all. Very good. They, good job, here. they also yeah. seem to be the sort of jumpers that are the cheapest, most basic novelty jumpers that Snappy Snaps would provide. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Yeah, no budget whatsoever. Uh, should we talk about the song they play? Uh, yes. So they are opening with a cheeky 1970s uh, pop song called Nice Legs, Shame About the Face by The Monks. It's not very 2018, is it? It's no. not. No. And to be fair, um, Alan describes it as a song that is just plain hateful to women. But crucially has still played it <laughs> and don't, don't worry he also then follows this immediately by going on to objectify the Duchess of Cambridge as well oh yeah yep. nice ruddy everything yeah <laughs> she is a winner yeah uh, lovely bit of comic timing I think in, uh, in Steve Coogan's delivery of that line where he basically takes a breath before the payoff so uh, it's, yep. it's very much uh, this is uh, a cheeky 1970s novelty pop song that's now regarded as plain hateful to women uh, <laughs> uh, yeah uh, but he does have more compliments for Kate Middleton although by compliments I say uh, she's brought some mongrel blood to what by anyone's opinion is a pretty stagnant gene pool <laughs> yeah I think that's what they call a backhanded compliment, isn't it? Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah. Of, yeah. Uh, and then he also refer, refers to the Royal Gene Pool as idiotic broth as well. <laughs> uh, we're on to the, uh, the guest for this episode, aren't we? Clement, Clement Rowe. Clement Rowe, yes. Oxbridge yeah, historical whiz. Yeah, although yeah. Just, just one quick thing uh, when they're talking about the Royal Family there, that Alan finishing Simon's analogy, because ba um, basically Simon's saying that Kate is like a splash of Worcester sauce. So Alan then finishing it with like idiotic broth. That's actually rare teamwork where one of them is lining up a gag and the other one's finishing it. That doesn't happen very often. Yeah, that's He's pure chance. Cutting isn't him it? Off. Yeah. 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 yeah, they got lucky. Uh, so uh, the guests there to talk us through the history of the monarchy. Uh, primarily, it seems to be talking about syphilis rendering kings too mad to rule. Uh, Simon pounces on this, doesn't he? There's a little analogy there. Uh, where he says that uh, it's very much like the show, uh, the sidekick running the show, the boss man losing his marbles. Uh, Alan says, John doesn't not enjoy. No. Well, that's it, that's it. Simon's trying to be lighthearted and jokey, but Alan's not having it. He's, yeah. He says, until you sack your sidekick again. Again. Um, Alan really likes Clement, doesn't he? He, uh, he says that, and he means this in the original sense, that he is full of gay spunk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Alan just likes him because he's upper class, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's from Oxbridge, although he doesn't know whether it's Oxford or Cambridge. Like, don't, know like, don't know which one. Don't know which one. Attention to detail has never been Alan's it, Yeah, he doesn't point. need to look yeah. into the detail. Yeah. 
Uh, should we talk a little bit about Clement's quoting of uh, his Yes, it's, uh, it's not the best, is it? No, no. He's, uh, he, says, he says a number of things, but, but fluffs a lot of the lines. Mm. Um, yeah, so well, I, I think the first main quote he says is, a little knowledge is a dangerous thing, drink deeply or not at all. And it, by the power of the internet, it looks like this is actually a misquote of, a little learning is a dangerous thing, drink deep or taste not the Pyrian spring from uh, Alexander Pope. Um, so that's from a famous essay which also spawned the phrases to air is to human to forgive divine and for fools rush in where angels fear to tread. Uh, but of course Alan follows this up with I pity the fool. <laughs> <laughs> to, to be fair at least, he, at least he did use the quote correctly. Alan then tells the, the, a very strange tale about his milkman uh, who uh, used to dress like a teddy boy um, and uh, starts doing a mime of spitting in his hands and slicking back his hair uh, yeah, yeah. and sort of uh, yeah. I don't very really understand. odd and yeah. slightly weak bit in what is and spoiler alert a bit of a weak uh, section I yeah. think this whole bit this whole royal, vi royal visit the whole yeah. series um, has pretty much been consistently really really strong and this is one of the few moments where it just drops a little bit I think in terms mm. of some yeah. of the comedy yeah. uh, there's next a joke where uh, Alan's talking well I say joke he's talking about uh, disliking female sat-navs because he feels like he's being nagged <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then yeah. the Simon adapts this to be about self-service checkouts, which, to be fair, I mean, it's you know, it's a pretty hackneyed thing about being annoyed about automatic checkouts. But Alan's having none of it. And it's well, well, it's, be it's because Clem is loving Simon's gags, so mm -hmm. Alan hates the fact that Simon's gelling with him so well. <laughs> and you can kind of see the anger building on Alan's face yeah. whilst this yeah. is happening. Because yeah. I feel like he would agree with the point that Simon's making, but he yeah. can't agree with it because Clem is enjoying it. He wants it, Clem to be his friend, not Simon's yeah, friend. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, Alan says to Simon that basically uh, his his beef with uh, supermarket che automatic checkouts is only. Because because he scans the items in a slovenly way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, he also says, bag it, scan it, leave it alone. Mm. Uh, then goes back to Clement to say, Clement, final word on history? <laughs> Please sum up all of human history. Just in a word. Yeah. Uh, to which Clement says, history is the greatest story one can ever tell because it never ends. To which Alan says, mm, not for me. <laughs> Um, do we get to a, uh, there's a small cut scene here where there's not much going on, but you have Alan is kneeling to a photo of the Queen Mum. Yeah. That's the next bit. Um, so I just thought he's imagining being knighted here, would be my guess. <laughs> That's uh, a good shout. Yeah, yeah, although yeah. I yeah. think the closest he's going to get to being knighted is being TV Quick's man of the moment, 1994, which we know mm -hmm. he has achieved. Yeah. It's, it's that, not going to get better. It's all been downhill yeah. from there. Yeah. Uh, when we come back to the, uh, the studio, they cut to Charlie Moran, who's reporting live from the visitor centre that's being reopened. Yes. Uh, do, do you have a note on who is playing Charlie Moran? No. That's no. Sally Phillips. Ah. Ah. It's just in the credits. really easy to find out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Alan gets confused by broadcasting convention it, as Charlie launches straight into her report without first saying hello back to him. So then... Uh, <laughs> it makes her restart the report, doesn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. And interrupts her constantly. Uh, they cut to Charlie. Uh, Alan puts his feet on the desk, which Simon immediately notices. Uh, and then we can hear a voice calling for Alan. Uh, presumably he's knocked a button, uh, but he thinks it's Simon fucking with him. Uh, and it immediately starts to get angry with Simon as well. I was like, are you fucking with me like it's just the way he speaks to him yeah, um, don't yeah. jerk me around don't jerk me around exactly. I also thought this uh, this series of Mid-Morning Matters is post the first series of The Trip isn't it I think quite quite uh, I think it's yeah, yeah the first yeah. Series, I wondered yeah. if, this, if there was a very vague Rob Ryden man in a small man box, a small box. Uh, reference here uh, because yeah. you can sort of hear you can hear someone shouting through Alan's like headphones yep. he thinks it's Simon doing a voice yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so the feed's gone down we find out that's why they're shouting at Alan through the yeah. headphones and he's forced to improvise which as oh. we know always goes great I mean yeah <laughs> <laughs> he just 
plays jingles repeatedly. He, well, he, <laughs> he, he actually he plays the North Norfolk digital jingle five times in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I also enjoyed about this, Simon just starts laughing. He doesn't even <laughs> seem bothered about it. Uh, and Alan, a desperate bid to try and bring some sort of a convention back to the radio show, uh, names the jingle. Says that was the Sounds Alive Orchestra <laughs> with North Norfolk Digital Station Ident Four. Let's have it again. <laughs> Uh, we learn that Alan says there, there is a laminate which tells him what to do if a feed goes down. But they can't find that. No. Nope. Uh, th- this does happen on the radio a lot, though. There's a binder or emergency procedure for various incidents, e.g. the Queen dying. Uh, I was once briefly responsible for a two-minute silence on what's now a capital station where I was insufficiently trained in 2003. Uh, and I was also working with a band who were cut off for two minutes whilst live in session on Lauren Laverne's Six Music Show. I'm starting to think I'm cursed. Wondering if I should hang out outside Chris Moore's studio and put this power to good use. <laughs> Uh, is it time to move on to uh, when we see the writer Rob Gibbons as a producer with a laptop in the studio? Yep. Yeah, there he is. There he is. That's Rob. Um, so I assume he's playing the same producer that we see in Welcome to the Place of My Life, I would think. So mm. the, when I they talked to Alan about the washing machine noises. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I hadn't put two and two together, to be honest. Luckily, I had. Yeah. That's, <laughs> well done. That's well done. why there's four of us. Yeah, yeah. we need it. We need to cover it. Um, so, yeah, what they're basically going to do is they are... Well, what they've got here, you've got Alan is reporting from a bathroom looking out of a frosted window trying to get a view of what's going on. Um, He he says, there are little white blobs, uh, any brown ones, nope. (laughs) (laughs) It's a comment on Norfolk, perhaps. Um, And yeah, now the laptop is set up, then they're back in the studio watching it on a live stream. Uh, And all they really do is talk about how lovely Kate is and call her special Kate. Yeah, I did think this bit of commentary is a bit of a low point for me in terms of uh, today's episode. Uh, Yeah, it's not, not really much happening there's not much of a payoff I think that probably for me I think the best line was he says bending over there showing a lovely rapport with the children <laughs> I, also uh, enjoy, I also enjoy the bit where Alan uh, describing what's going on says that oh no that that is a disgrace that someone so ugly is close to <laughs> is that close to royalty <laughs> yeah uh, then says that uh, you know all of this will be over soon and they'll just tear down the bunting bin it and slope off um, and uh, so, I mean, then I he get, gets bored and closes the laptop yeah I, I guess the joke here is there's not much to comment on um, mm, you know yeah. he's having to give running commentary on basically nothing happening but I didn't feel like the scenes were, were compensated with additional humour particularly uh, to to get serious for a minute. No, I mean, okay, <laughs> would we agree this is the weakest section of the series overall? Yes, definitely. Yeah, I think, definitely, so, yeah. 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 I think for me, this and the gangster section are probably the weakest parts. Yeah, there's not there's not a huge amount to kind of deep dive into as we have done with some of the uh, uh, other areas. Um, and actually, I do like the fact that uh, Psychic Simon is wearing a massive novelty Great Britain hat there. Yeah. I think that's yeah. probably the best bit about yeah. the whole episode. <laughs> He's just uh, texting by this point, isn't he? Because I think we've now gone. So Alan's starting to speculate on what William and Kate are like behind closed doors. Yeah, he um, goes through like a weird sort of play that he makes up in his head. Open mm. monologue. It's like yeah. kind of fan fiction, basically, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, and to be fair, it's quite good. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's kind of like his writing style for um, royalty fan fiction. I kind of Although before mm, he goes into, like the, into that, is that the point where he says to Simon, um, I think Simon says, she's not too thin, is she? And he says, God, no, we don't want to go through all that again. Yeah. We, know, we know Alan's a big fan of Diana, so obviously that's where we're going with that. Yeah. It's part of that joke there. No. Uh, one of the highlights, I think, of his uh, imagined radio play is where he's, uh, he, he's talk- he imagines Kate and Will saying, we'll one day rule over England, Scotland, Wales, and God willing, the whole of Ireland. <laughs> Uh, another favourite line of mine from this uh, fan fiction uh, he's saying Will's saying I'm going to fly that damn Chinook to heaven have a chat with my mother and then fly back to base <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, <laughs> and there are quite a few, it, it cuts back and forth, so the implication is this goes on for quite a long time on yeah. the radio as well, doesn't it? Um, so yeah, you've either got Simon reading a paper ignoring him, or just texting <laughs> ignoring him. That is amazing. Um, and the way the story ends is with a loosening his tie, he walks towards the bed. The story ends abruptly there, and I'm quite glad about yeah, that, we so didn't, I was worried it was going to get sexy. We didn't need any more of that. Yeah. Uh, he pretty much rounds this episode off just by going, here's the thing from Blue Peter, and the Blue Peter <laughs> thing plays, and off we go. Which means it's time for a question to the group. Has anyone ever, ever been on Blue Peter, submitted anything to Blue Peter, or even had a Blue Peter badge? No, I wasn't much of a fan, really. didn't really watch it. No, no, I haven't really got much to give here. I submitted a recycling scheme. I knew you would. <laughs> and, of course and, and, you and, did. And earned not the regular badge, but the, uh, the green eco badge. Amazing. Ooh. <laughs> and uh, my tenor to you for uh, throwing that into yeah, my yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do have a Blue Peter badge as well, but it's broken. Oh. Uh, anything else <laughs> to cover in this episode? <laughs> nope. Uh, IMDB rates this 7.8 out of 10, Ooh, which they is... dropped. Yeah, which we is... started around 8.2, dropped about 8.1. But I but think that's fair that this has dropped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely prefer yep. the first half. Comfortably like, the, first the lowest. Half is much better, but yeah. yeah. Uh, so as we come to the end of episode 5 it's time to play a new regular feature on the uh, podcast uh, in no way related to BBC One's Would I Lie To You it's time for a quick round of Would We Lie To You uh, who is in charge of today's round uh, that'll be me I will lead you through this so what we're going to do you are going to hear three statements about Noel Edmonds uh, and what we <laughs> of course uh, what we are going to ask you to decipher is which one is the truth so we'll read through them we'll do a quick recap and then we'll get you to vote via the medium of making noise. So, uh, Adam, I think we're going to get the first statement from you. Earlier this year, Noel Edmonds set up a radio station called Positively Happy, which plays messages aimed at Rachel Riley in between a mostly reggae playlist. Earlier this year, Noel Edmonds set up an online radio station called Positively Nice, which plays anti-BBC messages aimed at former Radio 1 colleagues between a 70s soft rock playlist. Earlier this year, Noel Edmonds set up a radio station called Positively Noel, which plays anti-banking messages in between a money-themed playlist. OK, so we'll do a quick recap here. We've got Positively Happy Rachel Riley reggae playlist. We've got Positively Nice anti-BBC soft rock playlist. We've got Positively Noel anti-banking money-themed playlist. So, if you can make some noise for which you think is the true statement, uh, is it Positively Happy Rachel Riley and reggae? Not oh, very popular. No, she's she's not convinced. <laughs> <laughs> Is it positively nice anti-BBC soft rock? A bit more popular. Ooh, ooh. Or is it positively null anti-banking money themed? Well, I think it's pretty no. clear that's what the audience are going for tonight. Uh, Tom Stab, can you reveal, is that the truth or is that a lie? I can reveal that it is, in fact... The truth. Well done. Of course he's named a radio station after himself. Well done, everyone. Yeah, well done. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, that brings us to the end of... No confirm. foul play. Just <laughs> oh, yeah, no foul play. There we go. Uh, that brings us to the end of uh, this particular segment. Uh, and so, because we're in front of a live audience, uh, for, the, uh, for the podcast listeners at home, we will need everybody, please, to make a little cheer, and then we will go straight into the next episode. Uh, just for, for listeners at home, you can get in touch with us, thepartridgepod at gmail.com. Uh, Twitter, it's at thepartridgepod. Facebook.com slash thepartridgepod. And on Instagram, inexplicably, monkeytennispod. Uh, so uh, thank you very much. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Monkey tennis? Yabba dabba doo. Sorry, the Jimmy Savile. Monkey tennis? This is mid-more mat. Let's do slap hands. Idiotic broth. Monkey tennis? Please! Please, though! Pop, 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 pop. Monkey tennis? You need to press transfer! Uh, I like it. It's a clean kill. Monkey tennis? Well, that, that, we will, that, that, we will, that, we will do that, definitely, yeah. OK, does Mummy know you do this? The time is ten and a half o'clock. What a dilbert. Monkey tennis? And I know it won't smash, Lynn. Just wrap it in bubble wrap. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.